This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Jay Harwood from the New York Mets. Welcome to our Mets alumni podcast. And my special guest today is Gil Hodges Jr., the son of the late Mets manager Gil Hodges. Before we start, give the fans a perspective. You had a unique insight into the 69 season because you traveled with the team for a good part of the year. It was a great season. Um, I was 19 at the time, and I spent most of the summer traveling with the ball club. What do you think your reaction is going to be or your emotion is going to be when we have the ceremony June 29th to add Donnie, your dad, and the whole team when you go on the field, you know, you're up to 50 years? Well, you know, it's, it's just, first of all, it's unbelievable how fast time has gone. But to stand out there, to look in the outfield, to see Dad's number, you know, retired, uh, means a lot. means a lot not only for me, for Mom, but uh, I think for a lot of New York fans who still remember him. Yeah, let's, what do you remember about spring training? You know, I did a lot of research on the year. and The story is that in your spring training, your dad gave a speech to the team it basically said, we're going to be a lot better than people think. He didn't predict the World Series, but he said, if we could cut down on our errors, play better defense. And I think the Mets lost about 30-plus one-run games at 68. And if we cut down in half, we got a chance to be a lot better than people think. Do you remember anything about that speech at all, about what his outlook was in the spring? You know, I do remember that he felt like he needed to change the outlook, the, the way the team, the way the fans um, felt about them. This was a ball club of, of mostly young ball players. You know, they nobody knew how great Tom Seaver was going to turn out to be, and Nolan Ryan and Jerry Kuzman. Um, at the time, they were all young, but he wanted to instill in them that they were professional athletes, that they were going to try their best every single game. Uh, this was no no longer any part of the team, uh, you know, the, the beginning of the Mets history where they lost 100-plus games. This was going to be a, a new direction that the team was going to go in. Uh, you know, no one could predict anything. A couple of the feedback I got from the players was, was a couple of things that, A, no other manager could have guided us to a world championship than, than your dad. Well, and there's a way he handled people that, um, you know, like a guy like, you know, Bobby Fowl said to me that, you know, he played me in the middle of the year when, when uh, Buddy Harrelson went on military leave. You know, he gave me, uh, gave me hope and gave me confidence. Like Al Weiss, who wound up getting a big home run in the World Series of Game 5. Sure. He said, Gil sure. never pinch hit for me. He always had the confidence me to, uh, to let me go. And, and he treated me just like a Seaver or a Kuzman. What, what do you think about your dad and made him do that, his background? The military, I know he's in, you know, for two and a half years in the military. What made him that kind of a player to treat everybody equal? I think that that's the way he was treated. You know, being brought up in the Dodger organization um, and seeing that, I think dad learned a lot from Walter Alston. And I think that that just contributed to, to his managerial aspects. 
everyone is equal. You know, the best player uh, who's ever voted or rated the best and who's ever voted or rated the 25th, there's, they're two guys. They're two professional athletes. Um, one may have a little bit more skill than the other, but that doesn't mean that one is going to try less. And that's what he wanted to instill upon them. Everyone tries 100% every day. Gil, during a year, you know, in the, the, the year, I think one of the big things in the beginning of the year was an 11-game winning streak. We beat up on the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres, which we really haven't done before. When was, did you think your dad felt that, hey, we could do something special this year? I honestly, Jay, don't think that that ever entered his mind, probably until, you know, sometime late August, beginning of September, when they went on that crazy tear and won all of those games. Um, I think what he just wanted to do was go day by day and instill in those players that if you lose today, tomorrow you come back 100%. Everybody gives 100% every day. I, I think he saw the transition come maybe mid-summer, late-summer, um, when they started to play better baseball. They started to get a couple breaks here, a couple breaks there. Um, and I think that just sort of built built up the club's thoughts of being, you know, 100% professional every day. And another thing I think, I would talk to the players, Gildy, your, your dad wasn't a meeting guy and he never – called the guy out in the dugout or a clubhouse. Anytime he needed to speak to a player, he took behind closed doors and shut the door. I mean, do you remember? Well, sure. Part? I'll tell you, you know, the manager, as you know, always has a separate room. A lot of people don't know that. They think that, you know, everybody, the players and all the coaches and the managers dress in the same clubhouse. They don't. The coaches do, but the manager has a separate office. And I can remember several times during the summer, um, you know, because I would – I was able to put on a uniform, work out with the ball club. Dad would get permission from the umpires and the visiting team for me to sit on the bench during the game. So there were several times where I could, I can remember that Dad would say, "You need to step out of the office because I have to talk to somebody for a minute." And a ball play, ball player would come into his office and close the door. I mean, even me, I, even I wasn't allowed in there. That was just between himself and the ball player. When did you personally get excited? You When did you start traveling for good, really? What part of the year? I started probably late June, as soon as school was over. Um, and I spent a good part of the summer traveling with the club. You know, I made some trips out to the West Coast, to Houston, um, Chicago, a, 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 lot of different, a lot of different places. And it was just a great time for me. Yeah, let me digress one thing and get the baseball thing. One of the, the, probably one of the two favorite stories about your dad, you know, again, never had the privilege to meet him, was um, when he was managing at Washington, I, I guess a player on the centers hit three home runs, and a reporter traveling with the team said to Gil, did you ever hit three home runs? He said, no, I didn't. But he never told the reporter but he had four home runs. Correct. Because he, he, <laughs> yeah. he didn't want to embarrass the player and go one-up the player. Correct. That's, and, and that's the way he was. You know, I, I mean, humble humble to a point of fault almost. And, and embarrass a ball player? Again, he would never reprimand someone in front. I can remember Dad making some checks once in a while during the summer. You know, some room checks for curfew. 
because I stayed with dad in the, in the same room. And he would come back to the room and laughingly I would say, well, did you find anybody? And he would never say that. He would only say no. Or, you know, it's not important. That I could never get that information from him. And, you know, being 19, you always wanted to know who was out. <laughs> the other story I heard, I mean, I may have the facts jumbled. He went to a funeral of a of a employee from the ballpark in Brooklyn. He sat there with your mom for an hour and a half, two hours. He left, and he saw one of the relatives of the people from the funeral walking to a bus stop, and your dad drove him home that night. Does that uh, mean- that's, Jay, that is not surprising. When I first got my license, I was driving in Brooklyn, and, you know, it's reported that the, the motorcycle policemen are very difficult. They don't let anyone get away with anything. And I made a left turn at a sign that said no left turn because I was in a rush. I was young, just got my license a couple months before, and I drive 200 feet and a motorcycle policeman pulls me over. Comes up to the window, license and registration. I hand it to him outside the car window. He goes back to the motorcycle, sits down, goes on, makes the calls, comes back and literally, Jay, literally, throws my license and registration at me. Really? I said, officer, what, what's, what's the matter? He said, I'm going to tell you what's the matter. Your father's Gil Hodges. He said, two weeks ago, in a snowstorm, he pulled over to the side of the road and helped my mother change her flat tire. Oh, that's great. What's, you know, he said, you now you got to get out of here because I've never let anyone go for a ticket. Right. It's, a great, it's a great story. What do you remember about some of the crazy games down the stretch, the uh, the Black Cat game against oh, the Cubs? Oh, gosh. You know, it, it's just the way everything fell into place. I could see the, the – I could see – I could still close my eyes and see Earl Weaver come running out of the dugout when Dad brought the ball out to show the umpire. I mean, I think the Black Cat game was Chicago. Yeah, but, but it was with DeRosha. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, Leo knew Dad from the Dodgers. I mean, just just absolutely the way things transpired and fell into place, as if all the stars were aligned for this to take place. And then, you know, we have the two games. We, we happened to be there in Pittsburgh when uh, – you know, we had the two one nothing shutout games with Cardwell and Kuzman drove in the only runs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it was – those were the those were the exciting things. I mean, Don Clendenin playing first base. I mean, you know, this was somebody who everyone thought his career was over. He had a great career with Pittsburgh, but his career was almost over. But he came here, and these were the older guys that Dad helped. He, Dad always felt that if it just comes from one source all the time, after a while it, it starts to wear. He would lean on Don Cardwell to take over, to instill into the younger people. He would, you know, Ron Taylor, these guys. Uh, it's just, it's amazing how everything fell into place. What are your memories about the parade? Uh, the, par- the parade was just... I I wasn't able to go because I had to go to school. That's the way Dad was. He said, "There's no reason for you to miss school." I said, "Okay." <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't yeah. like a democracy where you could vote. Right. Right. It would I just know. be okay. I'm going to school. You'll be there with mom. 
But to see it on TV, to see the people react, to see that confetti, I mean, you know, it's a, a miracle. I mean, it really was a miracle. You, you know that. Yeah. Let's talk about Gil Hodges as a player for a second. Uh, um, Gil, three, 370 home runs, uh, seven World Series appearances, 70 years, over 100 RBIs, um, of eight All-Star games. Um, you know, he, he came close a couple of times to the Hall of Fame. You know, and they have a new committee, a veterans committee is going to meet in two, next year. What would it mean to you, you and your family and to the Met fans in general if somehow Gil Hodges would be in the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, I think it's it's something that we, we all hope and pray for. I would, of course, as I've said in the past, love for this to, to take place while mom is alive. She's 92 now. Um, she's She's worked hard for all of these years. Dad's passed away over 40 years now, and, and she's tried to keep his name out there. You know, Jay, just let me interject one thing. I think it's important for the committee to always remember that the 25-year span that they've broken down these categories into, I think he's the golden era. Right, right. If you just take the 25-year span and put his statistics up there against everyone else, I think he's very close and should be in the Hall of Fame. You can't take the statistics and put them against the whole world because it's not fair. And I think what's happening now, his career as a manager and player are going to be considered. So it would be the total grouping from 1950 to 69. Gil, your dad was in the, uh, was in the uh, Marines for two and a half years. Correct. I mean, it really in the beginning of his career. And, and if he Correct. had played the whole time, you know, who knows what his stats would be? Uh, you know, again, you're, there's no looking back. But the key for me would be that the committee takes that 25-year period and looks at everybody who played in there and everyone's statistics. Because you can't compare those players to the players who play today, to the players who played five years ago, ten years ago. It's a different generation. Everything has changed. The, the, the baseball is still round, but that's about where it ends. I mean, don't, don't forget, Jay, you know – these guys in the offseason had jobs. Right when, the, right. when the season ended, they started another job to provide for their families. I mean, God yeah. bless these players today. I, I, I take nothing away from them. They're, to me, they're entitled to whatever financially they can be paid because they're superb athletes. You know, these guys work hard on keeping their bodies in shape all year round. And financially, they can afford to do that. They don't have to worry that in November they have to get a job to support their families. Yeah, no, 100% right. One story that, for me, typifies Gil, uh, your, your dad, and I know you were in the room. As the story goes, this is before the first game of the World Series against the Orioles. Oh. You were in his office. <laughs> yeah. You know, they pass out the sheets. They pass yeah. out the, the, the information sheets. Uh, you looked long, at the two eight lineups and, by and you 14. said to your father, yeah, you have Frank Robinson, Book Powell. Oh, uh, that's Davey an all-star Johnson. team. The, How are we the win? second baseman hit 40 home runs, Jay. Right. <laughs> the second baseman. <laughs> and what did he tell you? I said to him, Dad, honestly, what are you doing on the field with this ball club? Because it looked like an all-star team. 
He got up from his desk, Jay. I can close my eyes and see him doing this. He got up from his desk, walked around his desk, around me, and closed the door to his office. Came back and sat down. He said, son, let me tell you something. I have 25 fellows outside who think they can win. And that's all that matters. To me, Jay, that meant absolutely nothing. I thought, well, that's terrific. You know, that's, that's nice. But here are the statistics. You know, you're right. telling me that you have 25, and, and they won four in a row. Yeah, it was, it was tremendous. You know what? I, I mean, they beat Seaver, and then Kuz steps up on the mound and pitches the game of his life, and the lefties come up and tear the ball off the cover. Yeah, it was, it was great. Well, you know what? This is what I hope this works out. We have a great celebration in June. And next year, we get the word that your dad's in the Hall of Fame. Oh. That's the way it would be a fitting tribute to uh, to him, your mom, your family, and the Met fans. And all the words out. Jason, you mouth to God's ears. And Joe, thank, thank you for you spending enough. time with us today. I look forward to seeing you next month. Thank you, Jay. All the best. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.